Thank you for joining the worship services of Shoto, Brady, and Dutton United Methodist Churches. I'm Pastor Julie King, and I'm so grateful for digital technology that allows you to join us from wherever you are in the world. You can join us every week by clicking the links on our Facebook at facebook.com shotoumc or on our website at umshoto.net. If you like what we are doing and would like to financially support us in ministry, you can find more contact information on our website, and again, that's umshoto.net. We're so grateful that you are joining us. We are especially blessed today with the musical offering from Lila and uh, Mary, and I've heard them practice, and actually... If you want to leave after this, you can, because they pretty much say everything in song that I'm going to tell you after song. But let us use this time as a, as a time to settle ourselves into God's word and hear this beautiful music. And I'm so grateful that Lila is a contralto and you can understand every single word she says. Our scripture reading today is the familiar Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of dark, the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely the goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You lead me by pathway 
Please pray with me. Oh Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you this day. Oh Lord, amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Dear church, I could be a Methodist. If I hadn't been born into and continue to serve and adore being a Lutheran, I really could be a Methodist. My admiration for this church has continued to expand over the years through your faithful commitment to one another and to our entire community. But most of all, your adoption of the open hearts, open minds, and open doors commitment. I find that to be exceptional. And, and more importantly, I firmly believe that that makes God smile. I'm sure of it. On this special Sunday, we celebrate mothers. Your May issue of the Spark addresses this day. Um, I'm sure you've all read this. <laughs> you haven't. You have. I'm a mother, and so I see a glimmer of guilt on people. My one son always said, I think she has eyes in the back of her head. So I'm going to read you what is written in the spark. And for those of you who have read it, it bears repeating. For many women, Mother's Day is a celebration of a huge blessing. But for others, it's a painful reminder of past trauma, like abuse or miscarriage or loss of a child or infertility. Being a mom is certainly something to celebrate. But motherhood takes many forms. These women are everywhere. Maybe they're your favorite teacher or your sister, your aunt, your grandmother, your stepmother, a foster mother, adopted moms, your neighbor, or a friend. We have all mothered someone and have shown them love and support in their time of need. So let's thank and celebrate those women in our lives too. These women are not only our mothers, they are the women who have given an answering love and support. So again, on Mother's Day, celebrate not just mothers of the world, but women that have helped you become the strong and beautiful women that you are. Who are the women who have helped you become the woman that you are? I have just one thing to add to that. 
Compassion and thanksgiving must also be extended to the fathers who have raised their children alone for whatever reason. These men are often overlooked as the mothering caregivers that they are, and they deserve to be acknowledged with our respect and our admiration for their nurturing and the dedication to their families. Remember when your first child was born and, and you held that newborn baby in your arms and probably your husband was there perhaps and you were certain, absolutely certain that both of you would be the best parents ever. You would be perfect parents. And this child would be the perfect child. How'd that work out for you? If we're honest, we admit that we fell short of our good intentions. And our children weren't exactly perfect either, but we still loved them. The fact is that life happens. And when it does, I am always drawn to one of my favorite scripture passages. Perhaps it's my very favorite one. And it comes from the 29th chapter of Jeremiah, which I would like to read to you. For surely I know the plans I have for you. Plans for your welfare and not for harm. To give you a future with hope. Oh, I've shared that with so many children and grandchildren and other people. Then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me. If you seek me with all your heart, thus says the Lord. These are comforting words, but notice, notice as comforting as these promises are, God never promised us a rose garden. He merely promised his listening ear and his presence and his guidance through the good times and the bad times of our life. Words of comfort for imperfect parents and for those who love their imperfect children. Jeremiah wrote these words decades after the 23rd Psalm was written. But there are great similarities in both. Both authors lived in troubled times, desperate times, as do we in 2022. Both experienced God's love and forgiveness and presence in their lives. Dear church, we are living in troubled waters right now, right here in Shoto, Montana. We've experienced death and disease. We experience political division and unrest. Wages are too low to accommodate the rise in inflation and the housing costs. We worry, we're so concerned about Russia and the Ukraine and China threatening Taiwan, and, and always in the back of our mind, the threats of nuclear war. 
and the millions of refugees and famine and addictions, addictions to drugs and alcohol and sex and, and addictions to the media. It seems that there is a new crisis appearing daily, resulting in isolation, in anger and fear and depression. What do we need to do? We ask ourselves, what do we need to do to solve all of this? To save us from, and our children, and our grandchildren, and our great-grandchildren, through all of these seemingly impossible struggles. The question we hear is not only, what do we need, but what do we want? How can we fix this? We we are desperate, we must admit. With all the fake news and suspicion, to whom can we turn? Who can we possibly trust? We need a shepherd. We say it and we hear it. We say we don't have one, or we have the wrong one, or I just want to be free to be my own shepherd. Well, how's that working for us? Dear Church, as we return to the message of the 23 Psalm, I'm asking you to step out of your comfort zone now. You don't have to stand up and say anything, but I want you to do something for me. I want you to turn on your imagination, and I want you to imagine that you are hearing these words of the 23rd Psalm spoken for the first time ever. I want you to imagine that all of the networks and the TV channels and the cell phones, everything, everything has been interrupted. You remember 9-11 when everything was interrupted? Okay, imagine a day like that when all of a sudden everyone was listening to the media and everyone was panic-stricken and and engulfed in that screen, or now it's our cell phones, of course. But now it was breaking news yet again. And we thought, oh, no, not again. But it was breaking news that a new leader has emerged. Perhaps it came called a newsflash, But your smartphones are buzzing, and the people are buzzing, and they're running to hear what's going on. And the news is that there is a new candidate who's running for office on the independent ticket. Imagine that. And this candidate today is presenting his platform for the whole world to see. We want to know his name. Well, his name, they say, is called um, L-O-R-D, Lord, but he's sometimes known as the Lord. And this new candidate has these promises to make, and we've all heard candidates make promises before, but maybe this is different, says the news commentator. This candidate says, when you choose the Lord as your shepherd, 
He will provide all of your needs. He will lead you out of these troubled waters into still waters. He will give you peace and calmness. He will lead you right in the path toward his plan for your life. He will combat evil. Right will prevail. He will be by your side, he promises, throughout it all. Wow, we say. Wow. Uh, But there's one more new directive that's added at the end, and he says, do not send money for this campaign. He is self-funded. Send any of your gifts in support of world hunger. What do you think? I would support that candidate. We would, wouldn't we? We would support a candidate like that with all that we have, with all that we are, with our voices and our energy and every last thing that we have, our total being. We would shout it from the mountaintops. We would pass this word around for everyone to hear these promises. Okay, enough of our dreaming and daydreaming for today. Enough of our imagining. It's 2022 in real time. Dear friends, it is achievable. It is promised. All that is required of us is to ask God to take over, to be our new leader, our shepherd. It's been done before. You remember, you remember when God interrupted history that one time and he sent his only son to tell us how to do it how to live with one another. It sounds so simple in hindsight. And yet in 2022, but Jesus gave us God's platform over and over again in his three brief years of ministry. Love one another, he said. I saw you do this right here at United Methodist Church, Shoto United Methodist Church, right here today. You shared love with one another. You greeted one another warmly. I see it every Sunday down at my church. I see it at churches all around Montana where I preach. We share God's love in places like this, in places like that. But we must be reminded of the next words that Jesus taught. He added these five little words. The first word is the kicker. A-S. As. As I have first loved you. Does that muddy those still waters for you a little bit? As Jesus loves us. That's no matter what, folks. Total absolute forgiveness of all of our sins, great and small. No matter what, 
we may have done yesterday or last year or the last decade, no matter what we might be doing today and no matter what we might be doing tomorrow. Remember, remember his words from the cross, Father, forgive them. Those were his enemies. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. He was speaking of his executioners, his betrayer, his deniers. That's a tall order for us today. Even, even if we look only at our own neighborhoods, or, or still closer, at our own families, forgiveness is hard to come by. We have grudges and rivalries, hurts, jealousies, misunderstandings. They all abound. And, and we carry them around like a, a heavy backpack or a badge of pride on a lapel. What if, I want to ask you, what if you and I today, right now, own up to our burdens of forgiveness, of being unforgiving? What if we view everyone, our estranged family members, our battling neighbors, our gossiping friends, those on the other side of the aisle? Enemies can be found everywhere these days. What if each and every one of these are seen by us as God's beloved children? What if we let go of our resentments, let go of our worry and our egos and our ambitions? Risk it. Risk it. Give them all up to God. Have a conversation with God. He's waiting to hear from you. I'm a sound sleeper, for which I'm very grateful. But, but occasionally, and suddenly, I am awakened at 3 a.m. in the morning, wide awake, and I think, what is this? My eyes are wide open, and I say, oh, okay, God. And so we have this conversation, God and I, mainly I. And I talk to him, and I tell him about all of my cares and my crises and my fears and fears for my family and fears for everyone and and of course he already knows about all that but he listens he's promised and and he listens to me and and I just pour it out and I go on and on and on and and then all of a sudden there's this silence but I'm still wide awake and I think okay God <clears throat> I'm listening. And in that silence, when I have no more to say, I receive this peace and this assurance and this clarity that all is in God's hands 
and it will be okay. I've turned it all to God, who's the only one. I can't take care of these things, but God can. I, I have to believe that after this 3 a.m. time, which is now turned into much later, although I do go back to sleep, I have to believe that God is smiling after our intimate conversation, and so am I. As it's prayed in the 23rd Psalm, I will fear no evil, for I know God is with me. God is pursuing you with his love and his goodness and his mercy. God knows your every need. Let him lead you now to still waters, and he will restore your soul. Amen.